0: Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation about some of the most important issues facing the local church today. I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, along with Glenn Packiam and Daniel Grothy, and we want to talk for a few minutes today about why church, which may seem like an odd and kind of self-evident thing maybe for pastors to talk about, but in fact... Visiting this conversation often is incredibly important. In recent years, the stats would say that we're witnessing a rise in the nuns. So those who don't identify with any religion or religious group, along with a rise in those who would say, this is kind of related to that, that I love Jesus, but not the church. And then, of course, at the same time with all of that, you're seeing a decline in church attendance, uh, all of which means (laughs) at the barest level that it's no longer obvious to many people why church should play a significant role in their lives. And I think that many pastors are struggling to come to grips with that and speak meaningfully to it. So, guys, let's talk about that for a little bit. And I'm going to start with maybe the most obvious question I can ask, how in the world (laughs) <laughs> did we get here? Like, what contributed to this mess?
1: I don't know exactly how we got here, but it certainly is a different day than yeah. it used to be. You know, I mean, there's some of the research, you know, Pew's research about people saying they don't go to church because they feel they can practice their faith in other ways, you know. Mm-hmm. to tw- 37% of people saying that. Others saying, well, I just haven't found a church I, I like or, or sermons that I agree with. And it didn't used to be like that. It was right. like, well, this is the neighborhood and we're Lutherans and there's the Lutheran church and we're going, you know. But maybe in some ways, the multitude of options yeah. Yeah. has played into that American a consumeristic notion that you're the one in charge. The consumer is king. Yep. And so now we've got options, and one of those options is not going. Yep. I think also you've got to sort of map this with the
2: loss of community, the loss of the village, the loss of the small town. In America, we have spread out as a nation yep. in a way that is unprecedented in time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you go to Asia, and you've still got three generations living in the same house. Yeah. And here we are in our own houses. We have broken our lives apart. We are living apart from family. We have changed an economy, which has changed the migration of people all around the the globe. Mm -hmm. And so we find ourselves in new places and we don't have these root systems of relationships that sustain us. It used to be you know, when the housing crisis was hitting in the 2006, 2007, and people were losing their houses right and left, people were okay to lose their houses and just default. Why? Because you didn't have to look the guy who gave you the mortgage
0: in the eye. (laughs) Right. You weren't going to worship with him. You
2: weren't going to worship with Mr. Smith and sit in the pew right behind him and feel that pressure to deliver on your promise. Mm. It was some big organization out there, and you're just going to stick it to the man and walk away from it. Well, we've lost the sense of community,
0: and I think that plays into our church attendance. I think that too. I mean, I think when I think about the history of the church in the United States— The church used to be and still is in many places around the world. The church is the place that holds so many community concerns Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And as a civilization, a society develops, you have more and more special groups that handle those parts, which then it reduces in some ways. It starts reducing the things that the church feels yes. specifically responsible for. So mm-hmm. no longer are we responsible to help kind of keep the community spinning, mm-hmm. but what we speak to is it's the, very s- the spiritual, yeah, just part spiritual part of right. who you are, right. Right. Right? right? So as that reduction
1: takes place, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you have church leaders that are kind of struggling to keep up with that. Both of those are interesting points. They're kind of the migration patterns, the breakdown mm-hmm. of old, long-standing roots in communities. Mm-hmm. So you have the the, plurif- plur- the and <laughs> (laughs) The proliferation Proliferation of choices. (laughs) He's preaching. But you you also have sort of the specialization where it's like, okay, I don't need the church to be this generalist or this hub of society. If I need this, I'll go to that place. If I need this, I'll go to that place. So the specialization of different services. And I think that in some ways the churches, like
0: church leaders have instead of responding to that in a robust way, what we've done is we've capitulated to that. So we've gone, okay, yeah, government handles this. Right. And city services handles this and the hospital handles this. So what do we do then? Well, we give you a John three sixteen. We give you some John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. We, we it's the spiritual part. So then, the spirituality that yes. our church churches that, that becomes part of the consumerism. Uh-huh. So what we're trying to sell people is a religious experience mm-hmm. that they can't get anywhere so it else. Better be darn good. Yeah, they better be darn good. The government can't give you this, but we can give you this. So we're gonna serve it up on a beautiful platter, and it's gonna be it's a seven course spiritual mm-hmm. meal. When the church's call, I think, is bigger than it's that. Much bigger, bigger than
1: that. it's much bigger. And it's funny because you know that same Pew Research study says that. The majority of Americans go to church to be closer to God. So, okay, at one level, yep. that's not bad. That's a good thing. On the other hand, man, is that really it? Are we sort of dispensers of this spiritual experience, you mm-hmm. know, to say this is we're the only one who peddles in experiences with God and therefore you got to come to us? Job security. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh exactly. But then people can get
0: that stuff, even that spiritual stuff, they can get almost anywhere else. Yes. Yeah. yeah so they have a Bible. So if it's a matter of the Bible, they can read the Bible and they can feel inspired by that. If it's a matter of being inspired by the transcendent, they can go up in the mountains. (laughs) If they want good music, they've got that's everywhere. So now we start going, wait, so what... (laughs)
1: What specifically is the job of a church leader here? What is it that we offer? And now we're putting our finger on all of us sitting here as pastors saying, in what way have we contributed to this? I mean, what do you think, guys? I mean, how have pastors undersold this or failed to understand, to use the theological word, ecclesiology, the theology of the church? How have we kind of been poor? Oh, man. Well, live
2: streaming is a great gift in many scenarios, but I think we ought to pay attention to what it should be used for and what it shouldn't be used for. I like to think of live streaming as a good backstop, but not a front door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's backstop if you're sick, if you're deployed. We have soldiers from Colorado Springs that are in the Middle East and all over the world who log in every week and watch. And I think that that's a great grace. And they can go to their chapel and have a great time with their chapel in there. But just to log on and participate with your brothers and sisters back home, that's a great gift. People who got sick kids at home for the weekend, that, fantastic. But I think many people have shifted into, I'm going to be a bathrobe Christian, right? and I'm going to stay at home, and I'm going to sit on my back porch. With my family and my cup of coffee, and I'm just gonna get a spiritual transaction here. Someone give me an inspirational talk, and I'm fine. Mm -hmm. So we've shifted, we've allowed live streaming to become a front door rather than a backstop. I also think we ought to ask the question as leaders what our simulcast, our broadcasting has done. You know, we bemoan the fact, and here we are saying, you know, there's all these stats, people aren't coming to church, and what's wrong with them? Don't they know that the church is essential? Well, You have to ask the question, what are we communicating to people when the preacher doesn't even have to be there? So I'm not here to pick a fight, and I'm just simply asking the question. And it's our job as the leaders to ask the question, are we malforming people? Are we misshaping people? Are we teaching people uh, just even on accident? It's a subtle communication that your physical presence here is not necessary. Right. I wonder.
0: I do wonder that, too. I I think that part of this, you know, our messaging is way off. It's way off kilter in the U.S. church. And I I think of all the churches that I have been to over the years where... You know, the closing words spoken at the service are not the great words of blessing that we get in the scriptures, but it'll be something like, thank you for choosing to worship with us this weekend, which is a little like, thank you for flying Southwest. or <laughs> you know, We know you have choice of other airlines. We know you have a choice of that, And so something is lost in that. Like that is to me, that's the tip of the iceberg that we have, we've lost something, a self-awareness about who we are and and i laughed glenn some of this research that you showed us this pew research from 2018 on why americans go to church there's so many different reasons listed here But the one reason that's not listed here is because I am a Christian (laughs) (laughs) or because I got baptized. You know what I mean? Like that this is part of our identity. Our identity is that we're a part of a people. And that to me is the thing that if there's like an urgent issue for the church in America in the 21st century, it's to recover the sense that the church is a people. I always think about the great... Anglican missiologist here, Leslie Newbegin, in the middle part of the 20th century, who said it so well when he said that Jesus did not come to write a book, but to form a community. Yes. He came to form a community. So, who is this community that's been called together by the power of the Holy Spirit that bears witness to the kingdom of God? And what do we do together? Mm -hmm. That's the question, or those are the questions that church leaders have to be asking if you want to start getting this stuff right. That what we offer is not a religious product, but we offer ourselves.
1: Yes. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I mean, look, the truth is when people do come, the message we're giving them, if we're honest is very much a spiritual do-it-yourself, spiritual DIY, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it is not that different than why people show up to the gym. You show up to the gym, you're fine if other people are in your spinning class or whatever, but you don't care if they're really there. Mm -hmm. You're there for you. Right. And so we've taught people to say... Church is about your relationship yes, with, God, right. your with God, your experience of God, your self-development, mm-hmm. your growth, instead of saying church is how God forms us as a family, yep. as a people. So even the content of our sermons, the content of our songs, I mean, look, singular pronouns, I, me's, and my's in songs are not automatically problematic, right. but in this day and age, I think they might be a little problematic because we're not reinforcing to people Mm. that we're part of a big we Mm -hmm. here, a big us, Mm -hmm. big
2: family. The psalmist said in Psalm 69 verse 9, zeal for your house consumes me. Jesus in John 2 shows up and takes those words on his lips when he cleans out the temple. He says, don't turn this into a house of trade. Uh, And then it said, and the disciples remembered that the psalmist said, zeal for your house will consume me. Out of Zion, Psalm 50, out of Zion, perfect in beauty, God shines forth. Like there is this place, the center of the world from which (laughs) God radiates outward. And and the gathering together of the saints is a a picture of that, is a reenactment of that, where we come together on a weekly basis, we're caught up into the glory of God. We're transfigured. We're changed. We confess our sins one to another that we might be healed. We absolve one another and say, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. Your, your sins are forgiven. Now get back out there into the valley of the shadow of death Monday through Saturday because these people are waiting for you. Yeah. So the church is this cyclical, we we climb the hill of the Lord mm-hmm. yeah. on Sundays and we get changed and transformed and we get set back right with God and with each other. And then we go spill out into the streets with that announcement that Jesus Christ, Christ is lord and there's life for you. And so there is just something about gathering together as the people of God and one of the things I hear from people is you know I I've got my friends we get together and yeah. And Glenn, you and I were talking about this our friend Eugene Peterson. Yeah. So I'm particularly tender in remembering him. Eugene when we were with him, all of us have been with him and he said to us, you know, church is the place where you're with the people that you would choose. Yeah. And you're with the people that you would never That's choose. Right. Yep. That's right. And so there's something about coming together and and red and blue, our yes. political parties go away. Yeah. And mm-hmm. black and white, mm-hmm. it it it's it's transcended by the kingdom of yes. God.
0: Come to the house of the Lord. And when you think about the kind of world that we live in that is falling apart, that's mm. breaking down at the seams, I, to me, one of the most important messages and prophetic messages that the church has mm-hmm. is the integrity of its inner life. What is God trying to do on planet Earth? He's not trying to whisk a bunch of souls away into heaven. Right. He's trying to bring heaven to earth. Yes. And what does it look like yeah. when heaven crashes into earth? Yep. It yep. looks like Jew strangers coming together. It looks like the barriers between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female, falling down, so that being part of the church is not like, this is a real help to my spiritual quest. No, 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 no,
1: church is the spiritual quest. It's a political statement. Jesus Jesus Christ is Lord. I think about, you know, N.T. Wright says this thing about Paul. He says, for Paul, the church... Is meant to be like a small working model yeah. of the kingdom of yes. God. Yep. And so you don't see, look, if Paul just wanted people to get the good news of the kingdom, he would have held revival crusades. Nothing wrong with revival right. crusades. Yeah. But Paul's outworking, Paul's application of the kingdom is to plant churches. Yes. Yep. And you know, guys, we've just finished preaching the series on Colossians. It's so striking to me that Colossians 1 has this soaring language about yes. the preeminence of Jesus before the creation, in him, all things hold together, all of this stuff. And yet, at the very heart of that poem is, yeah. and he's the head of the church. The church. Yeah. And so Paul's conclusion to Bye. the letter to the Colossians is a whole list of names. Yeah. yeah. Real names, real people, some Jews, some Gentiles, some runaway slaves, some physicians and doctors. You know, Church I mean? in Laodicea, it's, it's, right. the church in
2: Nympha's house. It's, male, right, female. Yeah.
1: He's listing this. And I think what we cannot miss is the grandiose announcement right. of the kingdom is made visible by a local community. A local community that, historically speaking, very
0: unspectacular, right? (laughs) We're talking about a city that was long past its prime, a church that was very young and Mm -hmm. small Mm. and rough around the edges. And Paul, he sees it with the eyes of faith, but he doesn't feel the need to market it as a consumer product. He just tells them the straight truth about who they are, that they are the reconciled in Christ Jesus. And I just think that we have to do more work on that side as pastors, like see the church with the eyes of faith and then talk about it with the eyes of faith. Don't, don't put lipstick. Yes. <laughs> on yes. The don't try to dress her up. Don't try to don't oh, airbrush don't the short need no, it's way a, through. No, it's a gritty and very real yeah. family that's trying to figure out what love looks like in practice. And if yes. we can't do it in the church, where else is it going to happen?
1: Well, yeah. and, and that's why he takes so much time to say stop lying to one another. Yes. Put away yes. falsehood. You know like <laughs> come on. Guys, yes. So I want to pivot here just
0: a little bit, guys. I think, that, I think that what we've identified is that part of what pastors need to do is recover that robust ecclesiology. The church is not here to market something. The church is the church churches. It <laughs> yes. is itself, and that's when it's at its best in the world. So what are some things that we can do and pastors out there that are listening can do to start reversing the trend in their own church? How do we, how do, we do better at this? I think the church has the unique opportunity to restore that sense
2: of family Mm -hmm. that has been lost, at Mm -hmm. least in America today, Mm -hmm. that sense of village and camaraderie and the communal strength. Where, uh, you know, I grew up in a church where I had 35, 40, 50 aunties and uncles in the faith, all who could encourage me and challenge me, people who could rebuke me in one moment and come to my graduation the next, and who were pulling for me, who to this day I'm still in touch with. They have become my extended family. Mm-hmm. The church is the place where we get to call out names in a really lonely yeah. world, yeah. in a depersonalizing world, in a world that has uh, moved on to technology and we've lost re- relationality. Mm-hmm. The church is this place. And so, as I preach, I'm always trying to call out names in the congregation yeah. as a way of saying, Look, do you know who you're sitting with? Yeah. Do you know that these are real people? This isn't some spiritual, mystical experience that I'm just trying to give you nice truths from the heavenlies. I'm trying to introduce you to God and to the people right now. Next to you So, that you'll work out your love for God by the way you love them. So good. Yeah. The church is the place where we make life viable for the people who otherwise wouldn't have a viable life. Yeah. Where people who are rich come and they lend their strength. And they pour out, Paul says, do good to all those, especially those who are of the household of faith. Yeah. And so when we give every single week, this isn't just to keep the lights on. This is so that we can help make life viable for single moms and widows and yes. orphans, single moms in our city who were sleeping in their cars two years ago, who are now in a safe Mary's home. We can do all this because people give. So as we live together as the people of God, we can show the world what true family is like. Yeah
1: you know another one of eugene's things is you know we we have to tell people uh, what the church is and, or we have to show people what it is a pastor does people don't know they come with their own paradigms they come with their own conceptions and people come to church the same way they think well the church is going to function like my neighborhood association or my gym or my you know whatever And to say, actually, the church is a whole different kind of thing. And so to be able to take seriously those one another passages in the Bible and to say, look, why did Paul spend so much time talking about how we are to love one another, forgive one another, be kind to one another, all of this, welcome one another. And I think, again, to help them practice this in the middle of the worship service. So moments where you can say, let's just turn and pray with one another so that we don't leave them facing forward the whole time. We don't make it the show and thanks for coming to the show. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that one of the things that
0: pastors can do, is draw attention as often as possible to the common life yeah, of the community yes, yeah. as the place where the sermon lands. And understand mm-hmm. that the church rising up in the uniqueness of its common life is is what makes the church interesting in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I, I always think about when I was first a pastor in Denver, I remember going to a coffee shop and seeing a flyer on a bulletin board for a synagogue in the area that had a new leader come in and was kind of changing the ministry. And one of the things that this flyer said was, come to our synagogue, it's Judaism your way. And I remember oh. thinking this was like nine years or so ago. And I remember laughing somewhere and Moses. kind of like, going, no, yeah, somewhere Moses is. Rolling over. over on top it's of great. Mount Nebo. Go, no, like first of all, number one, we've been doing this in the American church for a long time. It's you a don't bad idea. Go there. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Stick but to your book. Number two, like what is interesting about you is that you're different. You. Yes. You're different. Yeah. So be the difference that you are. And I always think about that for the church. Like, can we recover the brilliant colors of our common life together? Mm -hmm. Can we recover the oddity and the angularity Mm -hmm. of our life together? Mm -hmm. And let that be the place where the sermon lands, that you're Mm -hmm. always drawing attention, not just to how we can follow Jesus in our personal lives, but you're drawing attention to how this illuminates our life together. And I, this is Andrew's personal opinion, but I think the more we live into the beauty and the oddity of our life together, the more attractive that yeah. is to you the look, world. It becomes its own persuasion. That's right. Yes.
1: yes. And the good news is the church has been here before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always so encouraged when I read stories of the church in the early centuries yep. because talk about a world that was stratified and yep. divided by mm-hmm. ethnicity and status and gender and all of this stuff. And in the midst of this comes these tiny communities that are just an mm-hmm. anomaly that mm-hmm. leave the Romans scratching their heads and saying, wait, wait, what, men and women together? What, what do you mean? They're singing together? They're eating together? Yes. What's going on here? And oh, that the church could recover that. To say, wait a minute, our goal, we can be so intent on helping this feel familiar to people in order to reach them mm-hmm. that we forget exactly what you said. What makes us different? In what way is this from another world? That's our right. kingdom is not of this world, yes. Jesus said. We live in a world that wants to talk about the
2: omnipresence of the divine. Mm. And the church stands up and says, Yes, God is everywhere, but He's especially here. He's particularly here. Jesus Christ has bread for you, He has a table prepared for you in His Father's house. There are people who will receive you with open arms. Come home. The church is the place where people come home, come home
0: into the Father's house. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is always to strengthen and provoke the thinking of church and ministry leaders. And so if you found this or any episode helpful to you, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Your reviews help leaders just like you find our podcast. And if you have any comments or suggestions on people or topics you'd like for us to cover, be sure to let us know via social media. And of course, please do share this and other episodes you find helpful around the web. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you.